0: When was the last time you went out to the movies as a family? Today, we will share how we were able to share the movie magic of Super Mario Brothers with our girls, the hiccups along the way, and what we did to ensure a positive outcome. Welcome to Embracing Autism, a podcast for parents of autistic children seeking advice and support while spreading awareness and acceptance of autism spectrum disorder. I'm Leah. And I'm Matt. And each week we will discuss our journey with autism and talk about how to embrace your child's individuality while providing guidance, tips, resources, and sharing our personal stories. This is Embracing Embracing Autism. Autism. So Super Mario Brothers was an amazing movie. I'm not sure how many people saw it. I feel like a lot of people saw it. I think it's doing very well.
1: I think it broke the uh, like billion dollar budget money thing.
0: Yeah, I think it's like probably one of the best if not the best selling movies of 2023 so far i believe definitely for kids
1: yeah i mean there's been a ton of headlines for it so i definitely think it i mean was well put together and i mean actually like going as like a family i actually enjoyed the movie too i mean growing up in that era it kind of was a nice comfort of sorts so
0: we chose to bring our kids to the movies for the first time we haven't gone again since just because honestly there aren't good movies out right now But we decided to go and take them to Super Mario's and we specifically picked that movie as the movie that we're going to try this experiment with because at the time our girls were really obsessed with Mario Kart. And so like they've been collecting all the Mario Kart toys. They've been watching the videos. It's hilarious. So they'll get on YouTube and they'll just watch streams of people playing Mario Kart. Sometimes we'll give them a controller and they'll pretend that they're the ones driving the character. So they've been really, really, really into Mario Kart. Our eldest, of course, she's the girly girl. So she's into like Rosalina and Princess Peach and Princess Daisy. And our youngest is kind of spunky and she's into... King Boo! (laughs) Yeah, the the ghost. The
1: big ghost with the little crown.
0: Yeah, it's so funny because it's like you just see this little tiny petite girl. She's like going around acting like King Boo, and she'll stick her tongue out like he yes, does.
1: She does stick out her tongue and go. Ah, so it's, yeah, she'll uh, hiss. Yeah. She'll
0: make the hissing sound. <laughs> <laughs> so we thought that definitely would be a good fit for them.
1: And I mean, obviously the the movie had a lot of Princess Peach in it, but it also had like a little like cameo of King Boo too. And as soon as King Boo came on, our youngest was so excited. She had to point him out of King Boo. It was it was good. They both got to see their favorite characters.
0: I was surprised that she noticed it because he was only on screen for like a split second. Right. And it wasn't even the version of him that she's used to seeing. She's used to seeing the older version of him. So I'm surprised she even picked it up.
1: Yeah, it was all of like 2 seconds just on like a I don't know how long the movie was, an hour 45 or something, but um yeah, I was actually impressed that she spotted him. Overall, it was I would say a success with hiccups like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, I've never really gone to the movies with, like, young kids in general, so I'm not sure, like, what is, like, the, like, normal movie experience with young kids anyway, so.
0: So this is, like, your first experience with taking kids to the theaters. I have young nieces and nephews that I have brought to the movies multiple times over. So I was kind of prepared for the shenanigans that kids tend to have when they go to the movies. They are, again, they're four and five. So at this point in time, they should be at an age where you could take them to the movies. But of course, with autism involved, it can get a little dicey. So there are a few things that we had to do to try to make the best of the situation. I think overall it went well, but there was a few key things that we did to make sure that it went smoothly there's a couple things that we didn't do that i think next time around we probably should do just to enhance that experience a little further
1: right i would say like we did luck out though when we went because we picked i I believe it was an easter weekend right
0: yeah but that was intentional
1: right and and that's what because i think we did like the first showing on was it easter sunday no Maybe. I think it was, actually. It was and, actually.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's kind of like my first tip when it comes to bringing an autistic child to the movie theaters. Whenever you go to bring them, try to plan your trip accordingly in terms of when it's most likely to be empty. So we went out of our way to book tickets on a day, a major holiday that we knew other people were probably not going to be in the movie theaters. Now, Christmas doesn't work for that because everybody goes to the movies for Christmas. But things like Easter, where people are going to like Sundays service, and then they have their dinner and all that. That was one where it made more sense to try to go and take them to the movies. We made sure that we picked... A date that it would likely be empty. We also booked our tickets in advance online. And when we booked them online, you can see online when you book tickets, you could see how booked or crowded the theater is at that time. So you could take a look in advance and say, oh, goodness, there's only like six seats left. This is going to be really crowded. Maybe I shouldn't go to this one. Or you could go in like we did and be like, wow, there's literally only four other people in this theater who've booked tickets. This is the perfect time for us to go. Oh my
1: gosh. I was so worried though because, like, okay, so we have like, are. Like our four little person family and then like right behind us to like the left there was like another two set of like seats that were like reserved so we knew we're like oh no okay so we're gonna be like close to like someone as soon as we go in and we're like i really hope they don't mind like our kids being like a little more rambunctious or like talking at like the wrong times or like you know like the typical thing like little kids do but thankfully because it was geared towards i'd say like a younger audience in general i feel like there's more like under or like leeway that kids are going to be kids during it. So there's more understanding, or I'm hoping that there's more understanding generally in those types of movies than the, if it was like another movie that like you wouldn't have kids, like a action movie or something.
0: Yeah. So generally speaking, you want to pick <laughs> movies that are geared towards younger kids just because that's where those behaviors tend to be more acceptable. Because there's this expectation that even if you have neurotypical kids, They still have poor impulse control. They're still going to laugh really loud, jump out of their seat, that sort of thing. When we pick our movies, we're picking movies according to what we think is going to suit their interests and thinking about the audience and thinking about how crowded it's going to be. We're taking all those things into consideration. Now, there's a couple things that we didn't do when we booked that you can do. One of those is calling the theater in advance and you can ask them for accommodations. So some theaters have like sensory friendly hours. Some don't do sensory friendly hours, but can make one time accommodations. Like I've heard of some theaters that if you give them enough notice, they might like dim the lights more for you or keep them higher for you, or they might provide you with noise canceling headsets, or they might provide you with some other accommodation. So just depending on the theater, not all theaters do it, but some do. And I would think probably the bigger ones probably do. You can always call in advance and ask them, hey, are there any sorts of accommodations that you guys provide for this? Or you can ask them from their knowledge, like, what is the least busy time? What times do you think I should go if I want to avoid crowds and I want to avoid, you know, all the excess noise and stuff? So that's another thing that you could do that we didn't do, but we would probably do the next time around. So when we got to the theater, we brought our girls. We did do kind of like a verbal walkthrough of what we were going to do. And we hyped them up beforehand. And we let them know, hey, we're going to go see Mario. We showed them like clips of like the trailers on YouTube the week leading up to it. So we were going and showing them all the clips we could find, all the trailers we could find, and like the songs from the movie. So we were getting them like really hyped for it beforehand.
1: We had like a couple of backpacks that we had packed as well as your basic things that you would typically need for like a movie theater if you're going with a autistic member of your family. So like earmuffs, for example, because you never know quite what level the volume is going to be. And I think our youngest I think she pretty much wore those the majority of the time because she's very very sensitive with loud noises. So I think that was one fear that was kind of put aside. And then the other thing that obviously we had to make sure we had is blankets because, like, oh my gosh, the just constant air conditioning just like pumping into there, it's usually pretty cold in there. So thankfully, like, we were able to like bundle them up a little bit. I think we have chewy. I don't know if we had chewy necklaces, but we definitely had like a chewy item for them to have like an oral like a sensation with as they're watching the movie. So we had like our go bag for them. So that was really helpful and made it pretty smooth transition for the most part.
0: The sunglasses, we brought sunglasses in case there were scenes that had high intensity lights or like flashing lights or things like that. So we brought sunglasses. And also when it came to the blankets, we made sure that they were like those throw blanket sizes so it's not like you're bringing like a large comforter to the movies. We just got like those travel size throw blankets and we got one for each of them. Um usually because especially the eldest, she tends to kind of help self-regulate when she has like a fuzzy fleece type of blanket. She really likes them. She'll rub her face against them and things like that. So we kind of anticipated if she got stressed or overwhelmed that the blanket would serve not just to keep her warm and help her regulate her temperature, but it would also be kind of like a sensory soothing type of thing for her where she could self-regulate during those moments. And that worked out really well for her, I think.
1: Yep. And then I think pretty much everything ended up on the floor at some point. Yes. Yeah, so, that movie.
0: <laughs> so here I'm gonna go through like the good things, the bad things, the things that we probably would change next time. So I would say the good thing and the overall conclusion, just letting you know in advance, is that at the end of the day, I think it was a very successful trip. I think our girls overall did as well as they could do. I was honestly positively surprised at how well they did. They watched the movie without having any sort of serious meltdown. They watched the movie enough to be able to get some enjoyment out of it. Yes, they would take breaks where I'd have to give them like my phone and they play like a little game every so often. But they were going back and forth between that and watching the movie. So it wasn't like a complete loss. They actually were kind of paying attention to it. But there were some other challenges that we anticipated but still couldn't quite nip in the bud. And I would say one of the main ones of that was kind of like their sensory seeking behavior when it came to like the movement and like the wiggling. And that was for both the older one and the younger one. And we have a fun story about that.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. So you, so I was on the end and the oldest was next to me. And then I think it was you and the the little one, the oldest one, at some point, she wanted to sit on the floor. Then she wanted to like run around. And then I had to like make sure like, "No, no, no, we have to stay like in this little area. She had those little, not ballerina shoes but like the little black ones. Mary Janes. Yeah. So anyway, (laughs) so she was like swinging her feet, just having a great time watching the movie. And then I noticed like, oh, one is gone. And then I see one like fly up and I'm like, oh no. (laughs) <laughs> like she like kicked it over like behind us. And I was like, oh no, like that's going to be like a hard thing to find in a dark theater because they're black. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was like, okay, we're gonna have to worry about that. Like after the movie, cause there's no way I'm gonna going to be go climbing seats trying to find this thing. And then after the movie, the credits are going and we basically just both kind of like dropped the floor and start just like collecting like sunglasses, like headphones, chewy tube things, everything that we can find. I think I dropped like my keys. That's like, I everything was everything on the floor.
0: ended up on the floor
1: yeah. everything was on the floor and then i found one shoe like three seats down and then thankfully the one thing that i was worried about the couple behind us they were actually super sweet and adorable and they're like oh yeah part way through the movie we saw the shoe fly up i think it's over here So they like made note of like, oh, there's a flying shoe. Maybe we should like pay attention. So they were actually the ones that uh, were able to like help us find it. And they were actually there and gave it to us. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. Because I had no idea just that it was somewhere behind us. So the one thing I was terrified about actually like came back to actually help us find the shoe
0: yeah people are a lot nicer down here i feel like if we were still back in like northeast that would not have gone as well as it did down in the south
1: yeah yeah so thankfully um we made it out of there with everyone's shoes lee and i are still married so uh,
0: (laughs) we still love our kids
1: (laughs) mario did not break us (laughs)
0: But I, I remember that scene vividly when the shoe was just, like, flying in the air, and I was looking at it, like, in slow motion, like, no. Oh. And I just remember, because I was, like, worried it was going to hit the couple behind them, and then I I couldn't find it after that. It just, like, vanished. I don't know oh, where it went. Gosh.
1: So, needless to say, we're going to have to get shoes that, like, strap on or something. Like, they cannot come off unless, like, you, like, untie them or something, so. Boots. <laughs> yeah, or I guess we could be, like, super proactive and, like, before the movie, like, take them off or something something but i always kind of cringe when i think of like movie theaters and like sticky floors because of like soda and like
0: so one of the things that we debated heavily before we went to the movies is whether or not we should bring our wonderful wagon so we bring our wagon pretty much anywhere where we think that sensory overwhelm might happen or they might be a little dysregulated and we kept going back and forth like do we need it do we not do we need it do we not we kind of settled on like, nah, let's just wing it. We don't need the wagon. We'll just try it without the wagon. We assumed that, you know, just because the theater was pretty empty that, you know, like, what's the worst that can happen? Even if they run around, there's like two people in the theater, it'll be fine. So I think in retrospect, after seeing how difficult it was for them to stay in their seats because that was really the biggest challenge is that they kept wanting to get up from their seats, sit on the floor. They kept wanting to switch between Matt's lap and my lap and going back and forth. Like they really, really were sensory seeking and could not stay still. So in retrospect, I think that it might have been a better idea to get the wagon and just get like the handicapped seats and just park the wagon in that handicapped parking area in the movie theater And just have them in there. Because at least when they're in there, they have the boundaries around their body. And sometimes that kind of helps soothe them and calm them down a bit. If we were to do this again, I probably would want to try with the wagon the next time around.
1: Yeah, that might have been just like another option of somewhere else that they could have gone. Because the options were basically like their seat or our seat or like the floor and i really didn't really want them on the floor a whole lot but if we had the wagon then we, we could ask them like oh do you want to go in the wagon okay like have like a little fort if you put like the blanket over top so you can kind of like watch the movie through the mesh of the wagon so that could have been like another fun option for them so that might be the way we try this again <laughs> if we're able to get like our uh, trifecta of everything aligning as far as like holiday weekend, uh, slow time and wagon, like we can kind of get the trifecta there. I think that that would be uh, helpful. So
0: our kids were really obsessed with the popcorn. Like they really loved the popcorn. So we were able to kind of like bribe them with the popcorn and be like, oh, first you got to sit if you want some popcorn. So we were able to use that as like a reward mechanism for them. And that worked really well. We didn't have to do this, but I would suspect if your child does have certain restrictions with foods or snacks and they don't like Popcorn or movie theater stuff, you could always call in advance with the theater and let them know, hey, my kid has a restricted diet due to a medical condition. Am I able to bring in like special snacks that they will eat? I feel like nine times out of 10, they will say yes. You could always bring a medical letter from your doctor or something saying like, yes, they have a condition without being specific, but just let them know, bring that with you. And I honestly, like, I very rarely get any pushback from people when I bring up my kids' disabilities and needing accommodations, like, very rarely. Most people in companies, tend to be willing to accommodate those things. So that's another thing to take into consideration.
1: And I think we did actually bring like extra snacks with us as well. So I think we had like a little Ziploc for like them for that. Sorry, I snuck food into the movie theater. I, I have a limit of like my money. So like I have no problem buying <laughs> like drinks and a large popcorn and spending like 25 bucks or whatever it is for like the popcorn and like the drinks or whatever. But I feel like for like small things that the kids may or may not eat,
0: And that's the thing. I would talk to the theater and see if you can get an exemption because our kids are so picky and hit or miss on things. I don't want to spend money on something they're not going to eat. And sometimes they just don't sell the things that they're going to eat. What if they eat goldfish? They don't have goldfish. So just making that communication clear and having all that stuff kind of aligned in advance would really help things go smoothly. The other thing that you can do is if there's a movie that's really, really popular, like Mario, we waited for that holiday to be able to see it. But if that holiday wasn't there, if it happened to come out and there's no holidays like in the summer, we would have probably just waited a couple months until it kind of simmered down. So sometimes when these movies come out, the the theaters are just crowded for weeks and weeks and weeks because people are just loving it and going out. So usually what I do is kind of avoid that initial rush of when people are going out to see these movies and wait a couple weeks or months, depending how popular this movie is, before I go and buy my tickets. And again, checking online to see what seats have been booked can kind of help you with that. But we we tend to wait that out. And then we book the tickets that are usually in that handicap area if we bring our wagon or if they're in an area that's kind of got like the aisle space. Um, so that tends to be kind of in the handicap area because if you get that front row where you have that aisle space, your kid is less likely to kick the seat in front of them. So that was something that we were worried about. We were concerned that if they were in a normal aisle and they were hyper or moving in and out of their seats, we were worried that they would constantly bump into the seat in front of them or they'd want to, like, fidget and start kicking the seat, not out of malice, but just out of, like, boredom or fidgetiness. So we purposefully picked the front seat again because— We wanted to make sure that there was nothing in front of them that they could unintentionally like disturb someone or, you know, become a nuisance to somebody else, essentially.
1: But those seats do not come without risk as well, because if they get away from you, they are gone.
0: Hence the wagon.
1: (laughs) Because like if you're in like an aisle and there's like a seat in front of you, you kind of have to like, unless you're climbing over the seats, they kind of just have to go back or forth. But man, that front row, if they go forward and then out, they are gone. So um, yeah, definitely be on your feet for that one. But um, no, I mean, it worked out well, like they had like space and it didn't really seem like anyone was really upset or annoyed. I mean, maybe the couple behind us was just being polite after they saw the shoe situation, but no, it, it went well. I, I think another option might be depending on like the family situation movies during the week probably tend to have less people because people are either, I guess, obviously like in school during like most of the months a year or at work. So I feel like there would be less people actually going to the movie. Granted, it might be a little bit different now since we're kind of in the summer. So uh, kids kind of have off. So if they're able to kind of get to the movie through like a older sibling or a friend or something, they might be crowded during the week as well. So it might not make much of a difference. But if it's in your schedule, I I mean, it might be better to try something during the week like on like a Tuesday because I don't really know a lot of people who are going to the movie uh, midday on a Tuesday, but uh, we would be those people if we could be those people. Yeah,
0: like take that day off if you need to take that day off. Like if you can't get into a weekday showing because you work, I think that's one of those moments where it would be worth it to like take the day off on a Tuesday and then go during like matinee where, you know, it's the earliest viewing basically or showing And then get to enjoy it that way because people are all busy at work. They're busy at school. Take your kid out of school one day. Like, I know that's like bad advice to people, but I believe in mental health and I feel like that's a mental health thing for your kid. It's part of that community interaction. Like, our kids do not get to do these things because of their autism. So, to me, that's part of like the therapy is doing that community socialization. And it's really important for their development. So, that's just something that I would consider a field trip.
1: <laughs> if you did have to take, take a day off to do it kind of like midweek. I mean, unless you're like a super like movie fanatic and you're going to the movies all the time, we go to the movies maybe like a couple times a year or so. So, even if we have to take like hit like oh, I took like a personal day, hopefully it shouldn't cut into significant time of like vacation or other time off, even if it was like a sick day or something. You didn't hear it from me, but you kind of heard it from Leah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And uh, there are some locations that have different event setups. So there are some theaters that have like an area that you can rent out. I have seen at least during COVID, I'm not sure if they still do it now, but at least during COVID, they allowed people to actually rent out entire movie theaters for like a party. I think they required you to have at least six people or something like that, but it was actually really, really reasonably priced. And if that's an option, like, yeah, rent out a theater, bring friends and family, make it an event. That would be a perfect opportunity to invite your special needs friends over to like a special event. Like even if it's not a birthday party, it could just be like a family get together for the special needs community. Let's all chip in rent out this theater and go watch a special viewing of this movie. When I checked, I mean, it was really reasonable. It was like $90. So I really think that it's very doable. There's also some other theaters that have certain like quiet spaces that you can go to. So you can use that as like an option. And somebody had mentioned to me somewhere in Georgia, so I don't know if other states do it, but in Georgia, there's this brand of theater. I can't think of the name of it. But there are some movie theaters that actually incorporate like a play place, like a play area in the movie theater. So like I saw some pictures of it. And it was pretty cool. So you have like your movie theater set up and to the side of it up against the wall, they have like the play tunnels and like all that stuff. So that you can get like your kids energy out before the movie. The downside is you can't use it during the movie. You okay. can kind of use it before and after as like an incentive.
1: Interesting. I've never heard or seen or any of that. So I showed <laughs> I mean, it it's, to you. It's, really? I do <laughs> yes. not remember that. Yeah. I have no memory of that. Anyway, I mean, it seems like a great idea because, I mean, like, obviously, like, our kids want to go play and climb things and everything, but like a movie, it kind of restricts them to basically being in one place for like an hour and a half or however long the movie is. So, yeah, I mean, if you're able to take advantage of that and that's a movie theater by you, I would definitely try to use that to the best of your advantage. I mean, you'd almost be crazy not to do it.
0: So there's a bunch of different options. Like, if you feel like your kid cannot do a public movie then you could go private. You could just rent that space out for, honestly... What I think is reasonable cost for an entire movie.
1: Well, if you think of the cost of like tickets and like snacks and everything, it's not too much off. Plus, you get the added benefit of like seclusion, like you're by yourself a little bit. So, if that is financially in your ability, it might be something to consider. I've never personally done it, but maybe in the future, if that is something that we're able to look into, it might be kind of a cool experience to do every once in a while.
0: Yeah. And I do have a comment somebody says it's bnB theaters. I, I think that's the the theater. That I was talking about that does the play in the theater combination, but there's other companies that do it in other states. I'm not sure if this one does it throughout the country, but there's different options. And so when I am thinking of bringing my kids to the theaters, like that's what I'm doing. I'm looking at all of my options. I'm trying to see like, where's the least busy place? Which place gets the least amount of foot traffic, which place has gotten easy in and out where it's not going to be like a ton of traffic and things like that that might get too overwhelming. And then the other thing that we did is we incentivize them, too, by doing other fun things around that event. So we might be like, oh, we're going to go out for pizza after or we're going to go and get ice cream after or like something to make that trip an extra reward for doing good in the theaters. Even if they have a meltdown, even if they have sensory overwhelm, we don't punish them for those things because that is just their sensory system being overwhelmed. What we like to do is reward that they tried, you know, reward that they came, reward that they pushed through it. And we want to also make it enjoyable. So if you're going to the doctor and you're getting like a bunch of shots, for example, you don't want to traumatize the kid. At the end, you're like, look, there's some light at the end of the tunnel. Look, we'll get you an ice cream treat. It's kind of the same thing with the movies. It's like, if it was sensory overwhelm for them, if it was something that stressed them out, Then we want to do something to kind of help them decompress from that experience, should that be the case. But honestly, for our girls, I don't feel like they had any traumatic experience from it. Like, I feel like they actually thoroughly enjoyed it. That's not going to be possible for autistic kids. Some kids might find that traumatic just because of the sensory overwhelm. But for our kids... They actually did enjoy it and they wanted to go back.
1: I kind of think of it as like lessons learned from like the parents' perspective. Next time we know not to wear little flip-flop shoes that can fly all over the theater. Next time making sure proper footwear is also taken into consideration. And then other things as far as like, okay, making sure that like we have like the wagon because that might be like an extra like aid to us along the movies and that kind of help us along and i mean just kind of little things like that making sure that oh they have like their favorite beverage that always makes them be happy when they're watching like movies or something if you see like little like hiccups kind of along the way kind of turn it into kind of like a lessons learned like okay like how can we better reincorporate that next time to maybe kind of get over that hurdle and try and make it a better experience for the kids overall so i mean i think we have like a couple of course nothing like significant but just like little things that we can probably try and improve on just to kind of make it like a smoother transition. And sometimes, I mean, they could both backfire. So like there could be a meltdown because our daughter doesn't like the boots that she <laughs> has to wear. So there could be a, like a meltdown because she gets upset with that uh, she's got her shoes and she doesn't want them on or something. Or like she doesn't want to sit in the wagon and she just wants to sit on the floor or something. So I mean, there's, there's things you wouldn't necessarily know until you put them into practice and you try them. But until we attempt and get a little more experience with like, okay, that didn't work this time, it's just something to try and tweak for the next time and then hopefully get a little bit more success and I guess a better family experience at the movies. So I'm all for it.
0: Yeah. And I mean, if at all possible, if there's a movie that's surrounding your child's like special interest, if they have one, that's always our go-to is try to find a special interest movie. That's why we went to the Mario one because that was their special interest at the time. But you can also do that. Kind of sneakily with things that are in movies. So, like, our eldest is obsessed with ducks. She's always been obsessed with ducks. That's like one of her very strong special interests. So, if I'm taking her to a movie, it might not necessarily be about ducks, but maybe in a scene, there's a picture of a duck hanging on the wall. And I will go out of my way to point that out and be like, look, there's a duck. So, just things like that to get them engaged in the movie, help them kind of find a connection with what they like. And again, showing them the previews, showing them if there's books about that topic, showing them like the storybook that inspired the movie and reading that to them, just trying to get them interested in the subject matter before you see it in the movies. And that generally has helped hold their attention a little longer.
1: Yeah, you definitely have to kind of like do your homework a little bit. It's not just kind of like a oh today we're gonna to go to the movies. I definitely think you want to prep on this. I don't think you want to just what can we do today? Movie day. Let's see how it goes. I definitely think you want to do your homework as far as showing them the trailers, try and get them excited, try and get them like equally invested in like going to the movies so they're excited before they even get there. So then you don't have to try and like get them excited as you're driving there because it might backfire. I mean, we we tried I think at like an earlier time trying to take them to the movies and we were I think. We didn't really prep them as much. We're like, oh, do you want to go to the movies today? And like our oldest was like, no. Yeah.
0: We were so excited too.
1: <laughs> Not going to even try that one. If either kid says no, they don't want to go to the movies yeah, there is no way I'm going to try and have them sit through an hour and a half movie that they don't want to be in. That sounds absolutely terrible. So yeah. so yeah, I would definitely do homework as far as trying to get them invested before you actually commit to it one way or the other.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like a business deal. You want to get their buy-in first, so you got to make the best <laughs> elevator pitch you can. <laughs>
1: Right, right. And don't be afraid to walk away and leave it at the table if it's not that day. Yeah, deal Uh, (laughs) or no deal. (laughs) Exactly. So So we're
0: going to wrap up here. But if y'all have any other movie going recommendations or tips, share your thoughts in the comments. We read all of those. And who knows if we pick up this topic again, we might talk about it again in a future episode. We also want to take this moment to tease some exciting news we have So we've mentioned very briefly in previous episodes about the idea of us potentially building a private community for our listeners. So we are now well on our way of doing that. We're still working on building the community and figuring out the kinks. But soon we're going to have some updates for you. In the meantime, just let us know what would you like to see out of this private community? What resources would be beneficial for you? What would you find value in? What are things that you feel like we need to kind of share with you or you need as a resource or tip or guidance that would be helpful in that community format? Let us know again in the comments. Shoot us an email, podcast at autismwish.org. We are all open ears and we'll chat about it again in the near future. As always, if you like what you hear, please consider supporting our channel via Cash App, Dollar Sign Autism Wish or Venmo Autism Wish. Your donations are used solely to help keep our studio lights on and programs running. We're self-funded, so that's all we really need that for. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and we will check you out again next week. Bye. See ya this has been the audio from the Embracing Autism podcast live stream series. Please check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash at autism to catch these shows live. Otherwise stick around next week for our next episode. This is Embracing Autism.